So anyway, long story short, Mick Jagger is my uncle. And I'm suing him because he stole Snowflake the Dolphin just before the Super Bowl. So then the idiot decides, I'm going to sell the rights to this story to Jay Peterman. And he makes a movie out of it. And what's that movie called? Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. And who's it starring? You guessed it, Frank Sloan. Well, there's your Home Alone 2 slash Seinfeld slash Ace Ventura reference. Yeah, and uh, a couple of other references that are a little bit more obscure. Okay. So we won't go into those. Now I need to see Ace Ventura Two, right? That was the first one. Where was they it stole, the first one? Oh, that was the first one. Yeah. The second one took place in uh, Africa, right? Exactly. With the bat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the and white. You the white must bat. be the Monopoly Man. Right. Gotcha. Thanks for the free parking. <laughs> it's free real estate. Okay. All right. So it's time for yep. how you play the game. <laughs> the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of February 2019. We are just days away. That took a while. Nineteen. I'm Ron Burgundy. Who put a question mark in the teleprompter? We're just days away from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or as Meatwad would call it, the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Um, anywho, uh, glad that you can be with us. Our producer engineer, that took a while too, producer <laughs> engineer across the way is Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. Hey, Jack. Or as we like to call him today, Darth Vader, because Sean has decided to forego the use of a microphone stand. And with the headphones on, he took the pop screen and wrapped it around his neck and then put the microphone up to the pop screen with his hand. He looks like Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke Skywalker is taken off the uh, the helmet. And and looks like Sean is, especially with the shape of Sean's head, too, and the complexion, <laughs> the complexion of his skin. He looks just like Sebastian Shaw with the makeup on going, now leave me. Just don't replace me with uh, Hayden Christensen. No, that would that, you know what we call that? What's that? Suing your uncle for for, for uh, Home Alone Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the equivalent. Hey, listen, I'm very comfortable. Yes, you are. He's relaxing on my love seat, mm-hmm. which is also the title of my upcoming autobiography. Let's just nip that in the bud right yeah. now. So, uh, so here's how you can get in touch with the show. As always, uh, you can go to osipfoundation.org and click on the uh, the how you play the game part, which I believe is now categorized under our programs heading. And you can also uh, click to uh, submit your story of sportsmanship so that we can discuss it on the show and possibly have you on. Um, as always, you can get in touch with the show via email. The address is podcast at osipfoundation.org. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash OSIP Foundation. Twitter is at OSIP Foundation with the hashtag how you play the game. And uh, make sure that you subscribe and rate us, leave us a review, lots of stars, all those things on all of the uh, the iTunes and the, the Google Podcasts and the Podbean and wherever else you can get Every your Every available and, outlet. Yep. Yep. That's what we do here. So let's get right into it. Uh, there's really only one thing to talk about. We're in that lull right now before the, the Super Bowl, and then once that's over, we're in another lull as we approach spring training. So it's a little bit of a slow time. But there's one thing that 
I think is worthy of discussion, and that is the non-call that took place at the end of the NFC Championship game between the Rams and the Saints. Right. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, what happened was towards the end of the game, there was a play where uh, it was a passing play. The Saints were on offense, and uh, the uh, the defender decided to uh, cover the receiver in a manner that involved contact prior to the ball getting to him, as well as a helmet-to-helmet collision, um, which both are penalties. One is pass interference and one is a personal foul. Uh, The officials did not throw a flag, and there was a significant amount of uproar because the Saints, who uh, unfortunately... Uh, did not get the call on that play, ended up losing the game in overtime. As a result, there is obviously a ton of outcry. There's a kind of ton of outrage. This is causing uh, a significant amount of turmoil within the NFL. There has been a lot of um, backlash. Um, people are bringing in uh, theories and, and information that uh, is really just a stretch to try and connect all the dots, becoming a conspiracy. I mean, the the reactions are just very, very poor. And so I thought it would be a good idea if we just took the time to kind of summarize a few thoughts on it and provide people with a new way of looking at it so that maybe we can all kind of look past it. Because let's face it, they're not going back to replay the game. They're not going to change the outcome of the game. It is what it is. Um, Let's get this out of the way, too. I've watched the play. As an official myself, I can tell you it was a missed call. And I defend officials left and right. Uh, Obviously, the call was missed. At least one of the two uh, penalties should have been called. Now, if you look at where the officials are, I I was trying to, you know, take a look at the angle that the two officials on that sideline might have had. Um, I thought that one official might have been blocked out slightly because of the angle that he had, um, where he would not have been able to gauge specifically um, where the you know contact may have occurred. Uh, the other official, I give less of a, lee- of a leeway too, because he may have had a slightly better angle. Um, regardless, you know, and again, this is this is not really a um, an official mechanic by any stretch of the imagination. But in theory, when in doubt, throw the flag, because at the very least, you've got seven or eight officials on the field, depending upon the level of the sport. You can huddle discuss, and if you really think that there's no penalty on the play, you can pick the flag up and say there's no foul. Um, if Just you, to give time to review exactly. and collect our thoughts. Right. And everything. Now, you're not, you're not going to replay on this, but in, when, it, when a game is moving that fast with that many players and that few of officials, um, it can't hurt to take that extra second, especially in an important game and an important moment in that game, to 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 review that. So right. that's why that's that's basically all I'm going to say to set the foundation is that me, the the official apologist, agrees that the that the calls were missed, and I 
don't have a foolproof um, explanation. I've tried to look at it from multiple angles. I can kind of see maybe where they would have missed it, but uh, there's probably there, there's probably not enough of a reasonable doubt to say that a flag should not have been thrown there. Now, all that said, there are a lot of things that we have to keep in mind as we talk about blown calls or kicked calls and how they affect games. And this applies to all sports at all levels. The first thing is that one call in a game does not affect the final outcome of that game. The reason is because the teams or the participants, whether it's a solo sport or a team sport, have an infinite number of opportunities prior and after that moment to atone for that potential missed call. So the Saints had ample times the chance to put that game away so that that call, if you believe in the fallacy of the predetermined outcome, as Michael Kay would say, if that call still happened, then the the Saints would not have lost as a result of it. They would have been able to recover from that based upon the number of opportunities that they had to score and prevent the Rams from scoring, etc., Okay, so that's number one. Is statistically speaking, and this is this is a universal thing, because I, I say the same thing when I umpire youth baseball. If a coach tells me that I blew a game for his team because I missed one pitch, my response is, your team had plenty of opportunities to avoid the situation where you think I made a bad call. If your team had done any number of things differently, that would have not been the case. Okay. Now, there are a small number of times when that theory does not apply. That type of a situation, I would, I would liken it to the Armando Galarraga-Jim Joy situation. Yep. Okay? Galarraga's pitching a perfect game. It's the final play of the game. Jim Joyce calls the, the runner safe. The perfect game is over. And... That was, you know, he that one call changed. It didn't change the outcome of the game. It changed the outcome of the status of the game being perfect. It did not. That's the only thing it affected. It did not affect the standings. It did not affect the the final winner and loser. It only affected the status of that game being etched in immortality. So if you're if if the main concern is winning and losing, that call still didn't affect that. However, it's it affected the 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 other angle. So that's why I can't say that the theory is 100% of the time foolproof, but the overwhelming majority of the time one call that is perceived or is actually missed does not affect the outcome of a game statistically speaking. The second thing, which I think is even more important because of its intangible nature, is that good teams overcome bad calls. In this game, 
in question. They go to overtime. The Saints had every opportunity to march down the field and score. And what happens? Drew, B, Drew, Drew Brees throws an interception. Similarly, on that drive in question where the, the, the no call occurred, there is the theory that why are the, why are the Saints passing there? Why don't you run the ball and let the clock run down? So there are all these different things that go into this that basically gets summarized by the fact that good teams, teams that quote-unquote deserve to win, overcome bad calls. It's the equivalent of when I preach to players, you don't like a call, put your head down and, and, and make up for it yourself. Okay, you have the power. You don't have the power to control what you think is a slight against you. You do have the power to control your reaction to it and what happens next. So if you don't like that call, okay, but you you then have the power to make an adjustment and and go from there. I I've used this example on the show before when I was playing baseball last season, and the umpires missed a hit by pitch on me. Pitch came in, brushed my jersey. I should have been awarded first base. They, they didn't call it. I felt slighted. I felt like, how do you miss that call? Well, there's nothing I can do about it. Internally, I was frustrated, but they're not going to change it. There's nothing I can do. What did I end up doing? I worked a walk. So I got on first base anyway. Okay, I had the power to let my frustration not take a hold of me to maintain my composure and to give to continue to give it all in my at bat and the outcome was the same practically had I been awarded the the hit by pitch so good teams have the ability to overcome bad calls any thoughts thus far Sean um <clears throat> i think the the you know the 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 thing we have to look at here it's we're sort of alluding to the the butterfly effect mm-hmm. in a way where one tiny little thing affects you know a series of events that right. occur and if you think about compared to the you know compared to the actions that players make to advance a game whether it's in their favor or not um compare that to an official's call the official's call pales in comparison to all of the to the progression of the game, right. you know, if you think about, and it could be it could be, you know, any type of interference or not interference, but intervening variable, whether it is fan interference or, uh, or you know, you were telling me about the acoustics of one stadium. In Minnesota. In Minnesota, yeah. affecting the visiting team, yep. you know, because of the way the, the, the rafters were built, it would direct the sound from the from the um, crowd directly the crowd down, down into the, yeah. onto their bench. You know, if you think about that, which is pretty, <laughs> it's, it's pretty remarkable to think about that, but, um, but you think about those types of things and... How one little action from a player can affect can affect the course of a game. An official's call 
about the game from outside of play, for example, they're not the ones playing the game. Right. Right. The officials are the ones calling the game or calling a play. Um, it's a it's a small, insignificant, um, you know, especially in baseball, whether it's a walk or, or, or if it's a ball or a strike. Right. I mean, the only situation I can think of, and you sort of alluded to this, where the where this where it could be a point one percent you know chance that the official could determine the game is if it's at like the very end right let's say but even still if it's how did it get close to begin with right you know what i mean so if it, there's so many different things that affect the course of a game that an official's call is minuscule mm-hmm compared to the overarching progression of the entire game. Right. So, I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Right. And I think we have to look at that when we're, when we're looking at the Saints game. You know, okay, it happened. It happens. It seems like it happens always at the, you know, from, because that's psychological. Right. You know, it always seems to happen at the wrong time. Right. That's how we notice but it. That, and, right. Yeah. And we've said this before. If an official does a good job, no one notices. Yep. Right? I mean, that's 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 just how it is. Yep. That's I how. Mean, that's how. And in fact, you can relate that to what I'm doing now as an audio engineer. No one notices when an audio engineer does a good job. Exactly. They always notice when something goes wrong. You know? Um and it just it's it's the nature of the the, the profession. Um, we have to kind of remember that. How many times is that the case in in various different professions? Yeah, you know, look at look at um, food service, for yep. example. It's not as clear cut, but um, you know, we kind of get into a, a pattern of rote, if you will, where. You know, you go, you you order food, whether it be at a coffee house, or a restaurant, or or fast food, whatever. You get your food, you consume your food, and if it's good, if it's satisfactory, it's unlikely, although not as unlikely in in these other situations that you just described, that a person responds by saying, man, that was good. And, and like complimenting it and this, that, you know, like it, it just kind of like, yeah, that's good. Okay. Move on. Next thing. But right. if it's bad or if the yep. service is bad, mm-hmm. that's when it stands out. I worked at Starbucks for four years. Right. And the, you always remember I mean, in terms of, I mean, there are, there were customers that were fantastic Mm -hmm. who would, you know, who would come in and always, who would compliment us and kudos to those customers. They, they were, they're great, but a majority of the customers that come in, they don't say, this is amazing. Right. They just drink their coffee and leave. But if there's something slightly off with it. Oh, I asked for whole. I asked for skim milk. What is this? Or this is this doesn't this isn't right, you know. And and that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. But 
more likely than not, if there's something wrong with it, they'll let you know. Right. Um, whether it's in a in a bad way or a, or a, you know a good way, the, the the fact is that I mean it sort of humbled me. Right. We <laughs> working in that industry, and I think everyone at some point in their life should work in the food service industry, um, even if it's for a year, just to see what it's like. Yeah. Everyone, everyone on the planet should for at least a year work in the service industry. Um, it would make us all a lot nicer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look at it from the standpoint of when I would work at the sports official shop, you know, and we would go to these shows. I was at a show last night and we were at a meeting. Like, like a vendor yeah. show? Yeah, we're at a, we're at a interpretation meeting and, you know, you set up shop. So you've got 15 tables full of equipment and uniforms and shoes and God knows whatever else. And, you know, you got like five people standing behind 15 tables helping customers. And the majority of customers, not a big deal. They browse, we pick stuff up and look at it. They might say, hi, how are you? Um, They might ask for help. Like, do you have this in a size 10? What do you think about this shin guard versus this shin guard? What's the price of this? You know, all you know, normal questions. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand are the the two customers who come up to me last night, and one comes up to me and tells me about a pair of shoes that he got from a competing vendor at a much lower price, and I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> what do you want me to do about this? You know, another why g- even mention? Why even mention it? Right. What do you? What do you? What gain? do you gain? Yeah. Right. What? What is it that you get? What do you? Are, I mean, do you think you're helping us? Right. You're trying to brag about the insecurities in your life that you need. You need the the acceptance of others because you got a better deal than what we're selling these shoes for. Oh, the best is not to interrupt, but the best is. When someone comes into a Starbucks and they say, "Well, um, I'd like a blueberry scone with the with the sugar scraped off," and I'm like, "Well, we can't really handle, you know, we can't really modify food for you right. that's been prepared." Well, they do it at the other Starbucks. Well, good for them. Yeah, but we don't do that here. Right. <laughs> you know, that's like, like that's like when a <laughs> when a when a when a coach on a baseball field you enforce a rule and say, "Well, the other umpires didn't enforce it that way." Well, first of all, shame on them. And right. second of all, how do I not know that exactly. you're not making this up? This goes with the, um, you know, not to bring back that story about, um, what's the wrestler's name? Um, Anthony Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Where the officials may have not noticed or said anything prior. Well, maybe they just weren't doing their job. Right. We don't know. We, we I mean, don't. I'm, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to beat it. A dead horse, but I'm just I'm just bringing that up as an example, right? Um, and the the idea is that I mean this is why we have rules, right? This is why there are regulations because it it needs to be universal. And if we don't take our rules seriously, who's going to take us seriously? Exactly. The other example I wanted to give you from last night, guy. I'm not like I had to. I was behind the shoes mostly last mm-hmm. night. And uh, next to the shoes were the shin guards. 
and a guy naturally, naturally, you know, because the ankle bone is connected to the leg bone. Um, it's like that nursery song, right? Which is which is biblical. I did not know. Huh? It comes from it comes from the Old Testament. That bones connect to the bone. Yeah, there's what? A, yeah, there's a, it's a biblical reference. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, remind me to show you later. I forget which passage it's in, but it's in the Old Testament. Okay. But anyway. You'll we, have to mention that on the next show. Okay. So anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll forget. We, we both will. We've already <laughs> forgotten. Where are we? Home uh, Alone 2. So, got, okay. Frank Stallone. Um, <laughs> so a guy comes over to the shin guards, and, and the, custom, the guys who were helping people out were helping other customers, and he comes up to me with a pair of shin guards. He says, how much are these shin guards? So I bring out my iPad and bring up the app that has all the prices on it, and I click on it, and I look at it, and I go, uh, those are $110, sir. And he goes, wow, you better be giving me a discount or something like this. Now, I ignored it the first time. I had to help another customer then. He walks away. He comes back a couple of moments later after I finish helping this the, the, another customer with the same shin guards, and he says, are these really $110? I said, yes, sir. He said, is that the best that you can do on the price? I said, sir, I make $10 an hour. You want to, you want to talk about this? Go talk to the, the boss sitting down over there. <laughs> now, I was being serious. Like, wh- how dare you ask me this question? Mm-hmm. He thought I was joking. So he laughed. He shook my hand because he thought it was a great line, and he walked away. I was like, I was like what? What, what is going on here? Granted... A lot of things you say sound funny. Yes, they do. Because you have a funny tone. I am a very funny guy. If I was a mushroom, I'd be, be a, a fun, fun guy. guy. Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> so, but, and he's back. And I'm back. So, but but that you know, but it goes to but, the same but, thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, people, um, you know, in the service industry, oftentimes aren't taken seriously. Right. Um, I remember one of my one of my um, coworkers. Was getting a, um, I think, uh, some pastry for a customer, and uh, the guy behind the ca- the the customer said, "No, I wanted the I wanted the um, cinnamon bun," and he says, "Stay in school." Wow! It took every fiber of my being. I was setting up the pastry case. It took up every fiber of my being from leaping over the counter and punching this guy's teeth That's, out. If I'm a manager, I kick that guy out and say, "Don't ever come back into my store I, again." Because the because the person who was helping him not only was a coworker, uh, but a friend of mine. Yeah, a really good friend of mine, and I was insulted for him. Yeah, and I if. If there were no laws, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a qualifier. No, he he would have had his teeth knocked yeah. out. I mean that you don't. I mean that is. I mean I've encountered worse too, but that's just despicable. That's horrible. I mean you know shame on that guy. Right. Yeah. I mean you talk about. I mean talking about sportsmanship. I mean that's. You know I feel like. You know, we, we've said this before. We can apply sportsmanship to many different um, avenues, whether it be in a field of competition or within some, you know, it could even be applied to a transaction. Exactly. If There's, something, there is you know sportsmanship what? in business. There is. And, you know, if I, here's a good example of sportsmanship. Uh, I made a guy's drink wrong once and um, 
I accidentally, I, I made him, instead of a cappuccino, I made him a latte. Which is an easy thing to mix, and I, mix up. Yeah, I and know I, that firsthand. And I said, and he's, he lifted the cup. He's like, oh, no, this is too heavy. And he, he's like, can you remake this? I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm... I don't mean, you know, I don't mean to, I know you're busy. He, he, yeah. he was like, he was a, not apologetic, but he knew what he wanted. Right. But he, he also saw my situation. Right. I was backed up. I said, sir, I'll be, you know what? Give me, give me two minutes. I'll remake it for you. So I held up the line. I, I remade him a drink. I'm like, I'm really sorry about this. He's like, don't worry. He left a $10 tip. God bless him. He left a $10 tip because... He, and on his way out, he's like, you know, I worked at Starbucks. I, I worked at Starbucks for ten years. I know what you're going through. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Right. People need to work in the service industry. Yep. You know, it was an honest mistake. We all make mistakes. Yes, we do. And it's how you. It's not about the mistake. It's how you react to it. Yep. Um. So he was a good one. Yeah. Um. And I wish more people were like him. Um. I think his name was Derek. I now, did you spell it D-E-R-E-K or D-E-R-R-I-C-K? I think it was D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Okay, this is important. I yes. don't know why, but it is. I don't, remember, I don't remember anything else about him. He was a one-time... I only saw him once. The only reason why I remembered his name, because we, we write names on the cups, right, yeah. and he was so nice. That I mean, it just it was engraved in your mind. Oh, my yeah. God. Just, Derek, if you're out there... God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we need more Derricks in the world. We need more Derricks in the world. Not right. oil Derricks. No. No. And not derelicts. Right. <laughs> but but Derricks. Not derelict is the name of my upcoming autobiography. Anyway. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Saints Rams. Got it. Thank so, you. So... Um, <laughs> You know, the, 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 the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that officials are human, and they're going to make mistakes. You know, it's, it's, it's just a natural part of not only sports, but life. And, um, you know, the, the commissioner acknowledged that when he did come out and talk about it. Um, but uh, what, what happened in the backlash following the game up to this point, uh, there are some events that we have to cover. First of all, what's crazy is I found this article um, prior to the game. The Rams fans petitioned on change.org to have referee Bill Vinovich, who called the game, removed from doing that game. Before the game happened? Before the game happened. Okay. Um, the, the reason that they called for that is because Los Angeles has lost every game Vinovich has officiated for them, and uh, which, which put them at 0-8 prior to that game. Okay. Um, they said on the 
Page, quote, there is no reason to repeat the exact same officiating crew for the rematch in the playoffs other than to stack the odds for Drew Brees to go out with a ring. There are tons of other combinations the NFL could have chosen. Whether or not the bias is intentional, there is too much data to demonstrate a pattern. And for a corporation as big as the NFL to not see this pattern is highly unlikely. The magnitude of this game is too large and the referees should be neutral, plain, and simple. Now, Just let the ridiculousness of that sink in before I tell you what's next. Give me two seconds. Okay. 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 All right. Following the game, a report came out from Adam Scheffner of ESPN that some he was reporting that, I don't know who it was exactly. I don't have the article in front of me. He reported that, as I adjust the microphone here, because my my butt is killing me sitting like that. We're in the living room. Yes. The four of the officials on that game live in Southern California. So the exact opposite now has been charged. In that the officials <laughs> were throwing the game and pulling for the Rams. So what is what's the deal with this? Blowing the channel strip. Oh, sorry. My that, my Seinfeld does that. That's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm the Seinfeld to your Costanza. So yeah. But you you see how how ridiculous this is. Yeah. yeah. In that they, you know, you you can't win. You right. have you have some fans saying <laughs> one thing, and then the exact opposite occurs. Oh, we got to get Vinovich off this game. He's he's told the NFL is stacking this so that the the Saints can win. The Rams won. It's terrible because four of these officials lived in Southern California, right. and they wanted the Rams to win. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> so, that all being said, really questions the validity of and 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 integrity. Yeah. Of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These idiots. So, you know. So so the so after the game. The the head of officiating called Sean Payton, the coach of the Saints, to say we got it wrong, and he's complaining, and basically everyone's just just groaning and moaning about it, and right. Um, at one point they, I think it was sometime this week, I think it was yesterday, when Sean Payton did a press conference, you could clearly see under his shirt he was wearing a T-shirt that was sent to him of Roger Goodell with a clown nose on to infer that the commissioner is a clown. The NFL commissioner? Yes. Wow. Um, so again, unsportsmanlike. So you don't Holy like cow. what happened? Well, you're just a clown. You don't know what you're doing. Talk about... How about if you don't like what happened, you just move on? Right. And this is the same guy, Sean Payton, who years ago... As the coach of the Saints, 
was suspended for Bounty Gate. If you don't know what Bounty Gate is, okay, I don't remember the exact year, but through investigations, it was determined that the Saints had a program in place where defensive players who injure the offensive players for the other team enough to knock them out of the game received a hefty sum of money internally from their team. So if you Oh my god. So if so basically it was incentive to say that if you had the ability to to rush the quarterback and injure the quarterback so that he could no longer participate in the game, you would receive a $10,000 reward. So Sean Payton was found guilty of this and suspended by Roger Goodell. Was he um was Sean Payton the kingpin behind this whole thing? Or? I believe it was the defensive coordinator at the time who was the kingpin, okay. but Peyton knew about it, and he as the head do- coach, he is responsible for it. Right. He was he was ultimately endorsing it by doing nothing. Wow. So That's the, insane. It is insane. So So, again, you have lost the credibility to stand up at that podium and complain with that on your record. To me, that's the equivalent of when people talk about how Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are the greatest at what they do and the greatest combination of what they do of coach and quarterback. These people are the ones who are neglecting the fact that they have been busted not once, but twice for cheating. Okay? This is the team that uh, pri- Talk about integrity. Yeah, that that taped the practices of the then St. Louis Rams prior to the Super Bowl back in, I believe it was 2002, when the Rams and the Patriots last met in the Super Bowl. Um, they taped the practice, and by taping the practice, they had inside information on what they were going to do and were prepared for it. Then we had Deflate Gate just a couple of years ago, right. where the Patriots were caught deflating footballs in order to give them an advantage. Pretty cut and dry, in my opinion, that we laud these people for their accomplishments, and yet we forget the fact that their accomplishments are tainted. It is the same equivalent of when we put steroid users in the Baseball Hall of Fame. We're basically saying, it's okay that you cheated. You still got the the accolades. Let's congratulate you. Mm. It is it is absurd to me. Um, you know the it's the, this whole thing with the Saints and whatnot is so deep. I mean, we could I could go through all of the news stories here. Um. The guy, the the defender who who made the hit, and 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 then on the no call, he was fined, a couple like tens of thousands of dollars for for the the play. Um, Goodell calls NFL refs extraordinary, basically in his press conference, saying that these guys are, you know, there there there's a reason that they're up there. 
Well, listen, a lot of people have been complaining about football officiating this year, saying that the officiating has never been worse. Allow me to comment on that. As I've said before, you have approximately seven officials on a field watching 22 players in a situation where where the ball is does not necessarily reflect whether or not a penalty can occur. Okay? You're watching holdings on offensive and defensive lines. You're watching uh, illegal contacts, illegal men downfield. Um, you're, you're just wa- you know, you're watching things after plays. You know, you're watching roughing the passer, personal fouls, unnecessary roughness, all these different Off things. Offsides. Offsides. You are watching so many things. Yeah. It is impossible for seven men to officiate 22 men. It, it's, it's, just, it's not going to be perfect, okay? At least in baseball, you have four men, each one kind of watching a base. And even then... You have you also have one for replay, right? You have you have you have guys in New York for replay, mm-hmm. and even then, I would say that the four man system still has a couple of flaws. You know, the six man system is not one hundred percent perfect. It's pretty good, but it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. No system is perfect. I find basketball has three officials watching ten men. Hockey has four officials. Watching twelve men. Okay, it's it. You are you are going to find lapses in judgment based solely on the numbers. Okay. Similarly, so should you think that not to interrupt? No, no, go ahead. So should you think that there should be more officials for football than there are, or would that be a case of too many? cooks in the kitchen well to me i think that we've reached a point of saturation where if you add more officials you don't necessarily increase your you know or or decrease the the problem at a rate that is proportional so if you were to add more officials to the playing field the officiating is not going to get that much better for the number of people that you put out there because you're just going to then put way too many people on the field. You probably have a better option of using or, or changing your uh, your replay system a little bit, where you say certain things now have to be reviewable. Um, okay. You know, they're talking a lot about whether or not penalties need to be reviewable, and I would be I believe that we'll get to a point where certain penalties are going to be reviewable, specifically those about um personal fouls is what i would think like helmet to helmet stuff is where it should the contact exactly stuff. exactly um you know holding pass interference things like that yeah. there's there's too much of a subjective nature subjective nature to those it's kind of in the eye of the beholder it's kind of like the strike zone right. you know you can't particularly tell whether or not the ball passes through the strike zone right the trajectory it is an issue because, I mean, there's so many angles that you can look at it from. Right. Um, but now, I feel like with the advent of the 3D technology they have, um, in terms of looking at a ball's position on a field, 
because I've seen it um, where the camera can rotate mm-hmm. 360 degrees and you can you can sort of superimpose different angles right. as a, artificially. Um, but even that can have its shortcomings. Right. Um, I feel that's a big jump in the right direction. Um, but I mean, you know, then the argument comes in philosophically, the argument is, well, without the human nature, right. is it really played, is the game really played the same way? Well, look at it this way. If we were replaying things just like the, the helmet to helmet contact, mm-hmm. there would have been, that play would have been challengeable. So you would have gotten a penalty called on that play based solely on the the helmet to helmet. Maybe not the the uh, the pass interference because the pass interference is subjective, but you can clearly see that that helmet to helmet contact is a violation of that rule. Mm-hmm. So that would be something where I would probably expect that to be challengeable in my in my opinion. Because you're not, you, that's not subjective. That's a little bit, yeah, it's more cut and dry. Exactly, exactly. It's a lot easier to do to replay and reverse something that's cut and dry than it is subjective. And that's mm-hmm. why you'll never see balls and strikes reviewable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, and that's the other thing is that this, this, is a, this is a game that is subjective. All games have a level of subjectiveness, the human element, subjectivity, if you will. It's very subsequent. I'm of correcting you, you yes, now. Yes, you are. Um, you've left me speechless, Frank Stallone. Um, so, but you, you have, you have the, the human element in it, so you can't make it a robotic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, officials in all sports have to go through rigorous training. So to question the integrity of these men and women, because they're now, are now female officials in, in the sport of football, um, you, that that to me is is the insult similar to the stay in school st- story that you told. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're also dealing specifically with a sport that has had two major arguments against it. Number one is the safety of the sport. The sport, in order to thrive, has to maintain a, an increased level of safety because of of the dangers of playing the sport. And two, because of that, people have said, "Oh, the sport's gotten too soft." So you've got officials who are being told you got to call things that we wouldn't have called before because of the ticky tackiness of it, and yet at the same time we have to kind of just let the guys play, you know. So as you know, so 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 you've got these competing mindsets that are causing the issue. I think that with all the concussions, the, it it is. Uh... It's too dangerous. The fact of the matter I, I, is, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to cast a, you know, I don't mean to be indignant on an entire sport or or impugn an entire sport, um, but the very nature of the way it's played has dangers built into it. Like I always like, and you know, quoting Seinfeld, instead of. I find the helmet to be a very exactly. interesting invention. I you, were going there. Uh, you know, instead of stopping these head banging activities, we're going to invent something to put on our heads to continue this activity. Right. 
right? Like skydiving. Sky yep. That helmet's wearing you for protection. Yep. You know, so later I, the helmets with the other helmet saying it's a good thing he was there or I would have hit the ground directly. <laughs> but like I feel like I feel like with with football it's become sort of an it's become an institution. Right. I mean over the especially over the last 10 to 15 years I think football has become the new American pastime. Yes. Um, so now more than ever, I feel it's necessary, a requirement from people in all parties to get together and say, well, we got to educate people here on the dangers of this sport and how head injuries and concussions are, um, they shouldn't be a part of the game. I mean, so I'm not saying don't, you know. I'm not saying don't play the sport anymore, but I'm saying you kind of have to look at this from a new angle. Um, maybe kids as young as eight or nine shouldn't be playing football. Uh, maybe we need to make their maybe you know teams or teams of people need to be a certain age in order to start playing um, because. It's, I don't care what kind of helmet you're wearing or what kind of protection you're wearing. It's not about the pain at that point. It's about the internal. The after effects right? and the fact that your, your brain is altered for the rest of your life. And you may not even know it. Yeah. And, I mean, and this doctor, um, what was his name? I can't remember his name. He came up with five sports. Yeah, that are, the guy who, who who discovered the CTE. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, reading that article. Hockey, yeah, that, very interesting. Yeah, well, hockey was on that. Boxing, boxing I think was on it. Hockey, football, wrestling, I think was on to, there to some extent. Yeah, and one other sport. was it lacrosse. Yeah, men's lacrosse especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say rugby, but that's that's an entirely different right. animal. <laughs> You're not wearing much of any protection. Well, here's be. the thing. Philosophically speaking, full contact gridiron football is an activity that should never be played. It has gotten to a point where we are using that activity as a detriment to our humanity. We can try flag football. We can try touch football. We can try uh, froth, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, e even removing some of the full contact. I don't know what else there is, you know. But the f the fact of the matter is that it's it, it is a danger, mm -hmm. and yet people subject themselves to. And you know what? If you want to subject yourself to it, you, everyone's entitled to do what they want to do as long as it doesn't hurt another person. And the game of football is so interesting. It is. It's a ballet. It's, it's a it's, chess game. It's, it's, it is a beautiful you need tremendous thing. balance and skill and abilities to be able to do it. The and, intricacies of the strategy are amazing. Right. But there's just too much gravitas around the head injury. People are basically saying they would rather sacrifice their body and their life 
for either a moment of glory, a quick payday, without you know without thinking about the after effects. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's where you get this this helmet to helmet stuff, this the the bounty gate stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these different things. It's just it's insane. It is right. to, to put it lightly. Right. Um, we're just looking at some of the other articles to kind of wrap this thing up. Oh, at one point, uh, I forgot to mention, two Saints tic- uh, season ticket holders filed a lawsuit against the NFL, basically suing the NFL over this, this non-call. And, and calling for the U.S. judicial system to intervene and to make the NFL replay the game from that play in question. That's they, physically impossible. It's... I, that, first of all, the, 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 the... I mean, the Super Bowl is, at the time of this recording... Three days away, right. four days away. So, good luck with all right. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, two. Like we said in the very beginning, a, an official's call or a non-call is minuscule compared to the actions of the players that affect the overall course of the game. There is just this. It doesn't make any sense. TMZ has reported that Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy was so upset that he went on the Senate floor to call out the NFL. Um, he has reportedly called the incident, quote, the most blatant and consequential blown call in NFL history. Uh, he has quoted uh, people such as superstars like LeBron James, J.J. Watt, and Des Bryant about how they called it a travesty. Uh, he suggested that the refs may have been secret pro-Rams uh, fans and agendas. To, he's calling for the NFL to launch a full investigation. And he ended his rant by essentially calling for NFL officials to face the Senate to answer questions about the game. <laughs> I the am the, the Senate. Senate. And the way the NFL <laughs> runs its business. I mean, you know how many people have called for officials to basically face the music? When this kind of thing happens, like, are we out of our bloody minds? That's amazing. I, I've I mean, you have, you can't, you cannot. Okay, first of all, if you're a senator, there are bigger fish to fry. Thank you. Than a flipping game. That's kind of like, I'm, while we're I'm, at it. I mean, come on. Let's revisit. With everything going on now. If I may. Are you kidding? I'm moving the mic <laughs> Farther away. I'd like to. I'd like to recall out uh, Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman, who is the uh, Congresswoman from the district we are in right mm-hmm. now. This is the woman who uh, felt it was necessary to take on the NJSIAA over the West Windsor football travesty that happened some time ago. And when I wrote to her to complain about it, I said. Don't you have other things to do that are a bit more important than worrying about high school football? Wow. I mean, yeah. listen, I'm an idiot. And I hope that we take that <laughs> little cut there and use it in a soundboard. Oh, I will. Okay. I can sample that till... You're, I want you to create a piece of music just based upon me going, I'm an idiot. 
Okay. <laughs> While you're thinking about that, let me rephrase. I'm an idiot, and yet even I know that politicians have a few better things to worry about than sports. Now, maybe if sports are used as the vehicle to corrupt our government or something major in our society... Which, you know, based on what I'm seeing here or hearing, that's not far off the mark. Mm. Go ahead. But to ask or for to, to demand for the officials to face the music on the Senate floor... It's a waste of time. Oh, my God. Waste of time. If you know what, if I'm, I'm that really boy, see that. I'm sorry. I this really this really pisses me off. Taxpayers should be right. Should be upset that your tax dollars are going to people who think that that is a bigger issue than some of the stuff that's going on in this world today. How about hunger? How about homeless veterans? How about anything else? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Anything. I don't have a response. I'm like, hunger, okay. Not going to argue that one. Homeless vets, okay. Like, where do you, where, what else we got? <laughs> Domestic violence. Right. How about sportsmanship in general? Exactly. The, the people who, who physically assault other people over this stuff. Right. Like what we're trying to do at OSA. Yeah. In a way, the senator who 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 proclamated that the the officials pay the piper is the one contributing to the bad sportsmanship. Yeah, shame on that guy. He should stay in school. I'm just bringing it back. Well, anyway, we before we before I before we make the before this. Before this show becomes rated R, can we... Can we just end can it? We end it? Yes. Yes, we can. Because I'm running out of steam, too. This whole thing... Listen, to sum it up, this story has a lot of different angles. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't even cover. Uh, we, could, we could talk about this for a long time because of all the different ways that, and tangents that it has and this, that, the other. We, we kind of just paid it lip service and, and gave you a sampling of what's going on with it. The fact of the matter is that it is ridiculous that it has gotten this far. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for the fans and the players and whatnot who feel that they got screwed because I can empathize, okay? If, if my team got jobbed out of a opportunity to go to the Super Bowl or to a championship game, series, whatever, over something that should have been called, and it wasn't. And I'm, I'm saying this very um, shallowly, if you will. You know, I'm, I'm not really going deep into this because what I just said You're is... you being glib? Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's number two. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh... I would feel I would feel outrage. I would feel frustration. I also feel sorry for the people who are so upset by this that they're calling out their local representatives and and using their time when they could be doing something more productive to 
chastise and lambaste these officials. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, you know what? There's more to life than sports. And, okay, what happened sucked. I get it. But can we move on? Please. I mean, it, it's it's done. Can we do something more productive with our time? Anything. Anything. <laughs> you, know. Um, you know, how about instead of lambasting officials and uh you know calling for your representatives to do so how about volunteering at a soup kitchen how about taking out your anger and doing something positive yeah you know feel better about yourself just just a suggestion hard to argue hard to argue with that i mean when i get angry uh, about something that's in hindsight trivial I'll create something. Yeah. You know what? I'm, you know, we're musicians. I'll, I'll write a piece of music, even if it's small and dumb, just to get my mind off of it. Or I'll play some video games. Small and dumb is the name of my upcoming autobiography, by the way. You know, I'll, I'll play, you know, I get, you know, I get so angry or, or if I get angry, you know what? Let me beat up some guys in a video game. Yeah. Instead of actually taking it out on someone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we really need to kind of take stock of our hobbies and what we can do to better ourselves, but better the world in a small way. Yep. I agree. So there you have it. That, uh, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. So uh, we wrap here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean, thank you as always. Thank you. And um, hope everybody uh, has a safe... And healthy Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, please remember, don't drink and drive. Please remember to treat uh, y- your fellow fans respectfully. Please uh, do not do anything ridiculous. Be like, informed, be educated. Exactly. Uh, if, if your team loses, please don't put your head through a television screen. Right. If you can help it, that'd mm-hmm. be great. Um, you know, just please use common sense. Um, treat each other as you would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. I think I said that wrong. Treat each other as you would like to be treated. You know treat what? Others. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. So uh, until next time, mm-hmm. everyone out there, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.